There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 610. Uh, I'm going to be doing stand-up uh, this week in San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club. Go to Cobb'sComedyClub.com. It is the December 11th through the 13th. And then starting mid-January, my full-on tour, Fun Comfortable. If you go to FunComfortableTour.com, uh, there's a bunch of the dates there. Portland, Denver, Seattle, Chicago, St. Louis, Minneapolis, Madison, Wisconsin, Columbus, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia. And then separately from that site, uh, the Wilbur Theater in Boston and then Best Buy Theater in New York. And then more stuff's going to be added, so go check it out. Get some tickets. Come out and say hi. Well, Internet, I, I must break you. Uh, this podcast, I, was, I never knew if it was going to happen, but I met this gentleman at Comic-Con this year, and he was fantastic, uh, super cool. He is exactly as warm and charming and funny and introspective and articulate as uh, as you would hope he would be, uh, and so now the collective gush that you're hearing is uh, Tumblr right now. Uh, as I am posting this podcast, uh, the Imitation Game, which he's starring in, is a phenomenal movie, and I got to see it before the podcast. It comes out Christmas Day, and you should absolutely see it. Um, this is the Nerdist Podcast number six ten with Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch. Who I'm just gonna say is my new friend. I don't. He's not. Uh, I don't know if he's on board that or not. But uh, I'm just gonna say that because it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> and now he's going to be your friend. See how that works. I would like to point out one thing, uh, which is a lot of you are probably like, "Did you ask him about Doctor Strange? Did you ask him about Doctor Strange? Did you ask him about Doctor Strange?" Uh, and the answer is no, because we recorded this. Um, several weeks back, and that was still a rumor at that point, and there wasn't really anything you could say about it. So uh, I did not say, hey, tell me about Doctor Strange. Uh, so I'm just preparing you uh, before you start comment uh, commenting to me that I did not ask about Doctor Strange. I am well aware of that. And it would have gone like this. Hey, tell me about Doctor Strange. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, next question. So uh, so that is why it is not included on the podcast. I, I humbly apologize. But I'm sure that there, is a, there will be no end to the flood of Doctor Strange uh, Cumberbatch-related news now that it has officially been announced. Maybe some of that will be over at Nerdist.com. Now entering Nerdist.com. Doing this all day? Yes. <laughs> no, no. It's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. We can cut whatever you want. It could be a. It could be a thunderous flurry of swears for fifty nine minutes, oh, wow. and then you can. I, I've done that in the past. I think it's a little early though. <laughs> it's kind of tea time where I come from, but it is right now. Yeah. No, you can't do that. You can do anything on the BBC after a certain amount of time. I mean. Anything, <laughs> really anything. So this will be yours. That's your clown head. Okay. Uh, welcome. I, I, this, I briefly met you at San Diego Comic Con, and yeah. I was dressed as Marty McFly, and you were nice enough to noogie me as Biff. Uh, but then you told me about this. Um, I went to a secret cinema. Have you heard about that? Th you told me about that. That's what I wanted to find out about. Yeah. How, what, was I already planning to go? I don't know. 
Did was this about that, or did you just find out later on the Tinder twet? I don't. It was you said. Was this what you said in the, that there was some convention in in London? Basically, what they. Oh, I must have told you about it. Yeah, there's a wonderful organisation that does this thing of uh, finding, first of all, this sort of site specific location to stage a a world of the film that you're going to go and see. Mm-hmm. And they've done Shawshank Redemption. They've done. Have they done aliens? I mean, they've done extraordinary. Which films. part of the world of Shawshank are they in? They make everyone escape. not the hundred yards of shit, are they? They have to escape. You know, vomiting. No, no, no. You have to go through that to get to yeah. the site. That's yeah. and called, it's also that's called, it's like a thirty-year uh, festival where you have to um, slowly chip away. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is like um, uh, it, this was actually it was in the middle of um, where they held the Olympics. It was. In a huge, well, the only weird thing about it was there was a sort of Westfield sign about floating above, <laughs> you know, the kind of the high school prom, which was a bit weird. Um, but it was brilliant. They had, so they had the high school, they had the high school prom, they had um, they had the the masters and the mistresses, the you know, the teachers. They had um, uh, these kind of themed stalls selling, you know, clobber from the era, the hats and clothes and shoes, and it was just, it was so cool, and and just a fun sort of atmosphere for everybody before the film <clears throat> actually gets going. And then when the, the real treat though is when the film gets going, you have this kind of twenty D experience where you know you've got the film up there, and you've got Marty McFly running, you know, being chased by Biff, <laughs> skateboarding around you, around um, you know the town square. You've got the clock tower above the actual. Uh, uh, the image below and then you know in the middle of this door just opens and the car they had a replica car it was amazing that's a very immersive yeah. uh, nerdy film it's, we have, it was great the closest thing I think we have here is but it's not really there's no props or anything it's just the Hollywood Forever Cemetery have you been yeah no I've heard about that that sounds very cool it is yeah. but they just you project- sort of dress up as your, your favorite character in something and go and see something is that right or? no well you, it's really just they project a movie on the side of the mausoleum yeah and then people hipsters show up and with picnic baskets and that, that's basically that's it essentially yes <laughs> but Secret <laughs> Cinema is coming to Los Angeles next are you serious year. yeah next what is this they're doing, they're doing Back to the Future next year in LA oh are they yeah <gasps> oh, well yeah crowd, next, year's 20, next year's 2015 yeah that's Back to the Future 2 yeah yeah you're right God, you're good mm-hmm. they should just <laughs> do it on the Back Universal the lot because the clock tower is still sitting there I know, but see, we went to we went to the Universal Horror Mazes for Halloween, yeah. and we had this private guide, and 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 Matt goes, uh, uh, "Are we near the clock tower?" And the guy was like, "Sure." So we broke out of the mazes, <laughs> and the guy took us to the town square, and he's like, "Here's where the Texaco station was," and. You know, this is where the me. this is the clock tower. You're yeah. kidding me. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. the best night. Of it's my brilliant, life. isn't it? It's it was really amazing. Good fun. I thought he was he got, he got misty. He was like, "Can we just can we just talk for a second? What is it? Uh, Back to the Future Three? Uh, do you know this viral clip on the on the internet mm-hmm. with the strange kid with the pointing thing? Yeah, pointing at his. Uh, I mean, that at was his, uh, that was what, Vern because his right. kids were named Jules and Vern. Jules and Vern, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Vern, uh, and what, what did, we, did we ever get to the bottom of that? Has the actor who did that ever been asked? I don't think he has. It's I very peculiar. Very... Do you know what the clip I'm talking I'm about? I'm guessing he had an itchy dick. Oh, did, did I don't he know scratching his... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of this internet. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Time travel I mean, is very tough. It on could the just be. Look, I need to go to the bathroom now. I'm going to hold it for another take. But it is. It is a little bit more salacious than it's that. Less, it's less scratchy and more like. Huh? Is that where they're yeah, standing on the train? Yeah. <laughs> is that where they're just standing on the train at the end? Yes, yeah. at the very end. Any scratches? And there's like a creepy close-up of it they do online when you watch the. And clip. his hand just sort of goes like this for radio audience. <laughs> yeah. This podcast. This is perfect. Goes like this. <laughs> it's weird. It's like he's circling weird. the button. Are you trying yeah, to find yeah. the clip, Katie? No. Oh, there's an oh, ad. Geez. 15 oh, seconds. Damn. We'll skip it. Does they have to commercialize that? That seems like a weird thing. I mean, welcome to the oh. <laughs> Olive Garden. Do you really? have Olive Garden out there? In, in no, we don't. No. Is that a sort of family well, Italian restaurant? Yeah, it's well. a terrible Italian restaurant. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Look. And burn. And burn. He says, no, it's not these two. It's yeah, the no, third right child. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's Vern. Hang on a minute. It's not the third child. I think it looks very different. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Beckoning. Oh, it just, oh, there it is. Pointing. There it is. What just happened? Why did he do that? I mean, why, the beckoning gesture and then the <laughs> point is what I really... Why did he do so that? Come, come here. to the camera it's guy. The camera like, guy. This is what closer. you want to be focused <laughs> on. This is the shot. Yo, this is this the, the shot. shot. He was... He knew... <laughs> 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 
Oh, that's creepy. so creepy. But Come I think it, I, I think it might it might it might mean he needs the bathroom. The bathroom. Yeah. yeah, it might. It I'm might. hoping. I'm really hoping. <laughs> Zemeckis need to go. Stop down. I wonder if they notice that in the edit. Like after they go, oh, great day of shooting. They get in the edit. Like, what the fuck is this? Like Ben Affleck last night, the Hollywood Film Awards. You know, he was talking about the fact that Fincher films a bit of him in the nude uh, at the end of Gongo, which is just sort of completely non-necessary <laughs> unnecessary, and to the story to everybody's enjoyment of the film uh, and apparently it is just this it's this again you know another kind of clip sensation on the internet just a strange by the way congratulations for last night thank you very much thank you, you. Thank we you, won an you. award I did win an award that's a little award how does it feel <laughs> award <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was very nice although I had just got off the plane and it, by the time I was on the stage which I think was very near the end of the evening I think it was just Ben after me I'd heard everybody speaking so eloquently about their roles about their experiences about their parents and ping pong and all sorts of fun things and, and also people speaking about my film about you know Morton had received an award as had Kira I was left sort of dry so I thought well and you know Robert Duvall was being given the music you know and Robert Duvall I mean, oh they were trying to play him off yes and so I thought Christ there's no room here for the sort of five page monologue I'd written so I kind of screwed that up into a little ball and um, got on stage <laughs> and it just all went by in a blur it was terrifying but I think it turned out right I don't know I haven't seen it yet so you said something saying. like I don't believe in quantifying performance and you threw the award on the ground <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Down with competition. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't any competition with that. That was the weird thing. And also, I was so confused when I arrived because I, th- I, w- I thought I wasn't supposed to know that I'd won. So I was saying to, you know, I sort of saw Eddie and I was like, hello, Eddie. How are you today? <laughs> Isn't it great that we're here? And then Felicity came up and said, congratulations. I went, on what? And she went, your engagement? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, right. I know. Right. <laughs> um, it's a good thing you didn't go. a really warped look, but I, I actually have to apologize on the, to, to Felicity Jones on this podcast. I think she thought, my God, the career is just all about the career for him. It's <laughs> 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 a personal life or any kind of existence outside of these, <laughs> but these what, what extraordinarily just, heightened events. You could have just blurted it out. I'm sorry, I didn't know I was supposed to win. I was talking about your engagement. I kind of wanted to, but again, I still felt kind of hamstrung by the whole sort of thing of the event and it was that are we supposed to know are we you know because everyone asked me on the red carpet they said congratulations on being honored tonight and i thought well, honor to, it's an honor to be here you're quite right it's an honor, honor enough to be here which it, i mean that actually you know all kind of joking aside it really was it was an it was an amazing room of people and the films and the talent and across the board is just extraordinary this year so to be clumped together no matter what is great but um, yeah, I didn't really realize that the game was up and I was actually in the program as having. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even seriously, yes, I asked him and I was like, so how did people? I don't think they know. No, I don't think they no. know. Uh, and then everyone seemed to know. It's in the program. From, yeah. It's in the but program. seriously, if there's one person you could take out of the pool, which actor would it be? No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I we like, were all winners. <laughs> Literally, Some we less winners. than others because I have this award and you don't. But uh, in a way, we're all still alive. <laughs> I think most I think most of the sorts of, yeah. If we, yeah, we all, there were a lot of people winning last night, which is great. <laughs> do, you, do you find that the more known you become, mm. that the world is a giant improv game where you have to yes and everything because people are telling you things and you're like, mm-hmm, and you may not know exactly right. what they're talking and about. I think that's the best way to live anyway, really, because then you could be a little bit more true to yourself. But my God, you get, you get, you get hit hard by people who want to take you down because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you make mistakes. I, I recently sort of reviewed... Uh, an article that oh, actually they were gracious enough to bring up and fact check it. Um, we just wanted to check a couple of things. Did Benedict really play Oppenheimer? And I was like, <laughs> no, Benedict didn't play Oppenheimer. He played Heisenberg in a play by Michael Frank or Copenhagen. And uh, anyway, it, you know, I just, I, when you're on it's and it is continual at the moment. And I'm also from this going back to work, well, play Richard III for the BBC. Oh my um, God. In the continuation of the Hollow Crown series. So I literally did, uh, what was I? I was here for about four days last trip and then I went back to the UK for three days two days filming and one and a half days travel and then arrived last night literally have yo-yoed across the Atlantic and you know one from this coast to England. okay so you're going to Richard III is there any part of it that's like Maybe I should just do a fart comedy with Adam Sandler. Like, I mean, absolutely. I was on the plane. I was on the plane back to from. No, I, I'm really good at farts, and uh, I like Adam. And um, comedy is my middle name. Um, but I, I did a comedy come. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's been said before. That's that's probably not the first. Your time. parents really sidled you with a strange with that middle name. Uh, yeah, it's an odd thing. I think they were just trying to hint to the public at large that you know, should this career go well, then you know, and if you weren't funny. 
and they can be like, well, it's for irony. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The payoff is in the fact that it's the opposite. He's not funny at all. Um, but I, I, I had, um, yeah, I was on the plane back from here. The, the journey, which one was it? Which way was I going? It was from here to London. And uh, the entire cabin was filled with horrible bosses too. Oh. It was just a joy. And literally Bateman was sort of ribbing me the middle which one said, well, here you are in a la-di-da's suit. Is this because it's your airline? Because I'd literally just stepped off some red carpet for the presentation of the film here. And I went, oh, and look at you with your long, dark hair. Trying to be Sherlock, are you? There's only one on this plane. <laughs> oh, wait, let me check. Maybe Johnny Miller or Danny Jr. is on here. Um, it, was really, it was really good fun. And... Uh, uh, and JC Sadakis as well, who I've met a few times. I just an adorable, brilliant bunch of people. I mean, really good fun to hang out with. However, I I said my hellos. We had, we had a, a lovely chat, and then I just stuck my earplugs in and slept for five <laughs> hours. I think everyone understands. <laughs> I think that's. Oh, by the way, you mentioned right. Johnny Lee Miller, of course, American esque the American Sherlock. But yeah, I saw your uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, but I saw it in the theater here. Cool. And you were playing the monster, and he was playing uh, the, cool. the Frank Frank. Uh, did, you, did you know? Did you see? Did you guys see that? If they, I didn't. I saw that it happened. They, they did yeah. not go. Did you yeah. flip flop every night? Every night, yeah. So every, well, yeah, every day. So every night, it, one of us would be doing the other role. Jesus. Yeah. And there was one day when you saw that the filming of that, uh, where we uh, we did them both in one day. So we did a matinee first, which I think was Johnny's creature, and then I was the creature in the evening. And that was just in one day. We did. We were going to do that. We were going to do that on matinee days, but we just didn't know whether the turnaround from makeup and de-rigging, as well as getting into makeup, was going to work. Because it took it took took me about two and a half hours, I think, to get into it. Because I had to have a skull cap because I was growing my hair back for Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Johnny shaved it all off, which I would have loved to have done. Um, but that also made it harder because then he had to wear a wig when he was playing the doctor. Oh, right, so right, there right. was the, you know give and take on both on both kind of sacrifices really. But um, I took a little bit longer. I think I did because of that. He has, well, I don't have any tattoos. He has tattoos to cover up. So that took a bit of time. Um, and then the D-Rig always, for both of us, took about an hour and a half. Wow. So it was, it was, it was, it was yeah, it was nice to call myself an actor in those days because it was, it was proper work. I mean, it was a proper <laughs> working day, you know, hard, long hours, but, you know, um, with virtually no set too. I mean, it was really just. A... Um, yeah, no, there was a huge amount of set. Did you not think there was much set? There was I just mean there wasn't. Set. I mean, it was it was a very uh, it, the the space was very sparse. I mean, like it wasn't. I guess so. At times it was. I mean, obviously, you know, the scenes set in the Alps were by their nature sparse. Um, but the stuff in the house there was a fantastic. There was a fantastic. Um, uh, oh God, what is it called in the Olivier? This this mechanism that basically it's like a drum, a revolving drum that goes up and down, and you can. It's fantastic, the mathematical possibilities. You can shuffle in about four different sets, even though it's got two levels. You can change a set and then bring one up whilst another one goes down. It's incredible. So we use that. We use that uh, to great effect. And also sort of Christo-style wrapped mm -hmm. the auditorium so you felt included. There was this shaft. I mean, I wish people who've seen it in the cinema could have got to see it on stage because it was physically really extraordinary to be in that room. There was a bell that was founded eight centuries ago or something ridiculous. I mean, one of the oldest bells in, in London that was rung at the beginning of the show. The sound alone, the underworld produced this kind of throb of life that was coming into being um, at the beginning of the show when the creature's born, the, the lighting effects, which were so hot that if you underneath them, there was something like, I, I can't remember how many thousands of light bulbs, old filament light bulbs, a testament to electricity being the Promethean fire that man mm -hmm. had invented that spawned these incredible mythical stories of Promethean creation like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. But it shot a bolt on a mirrored background that really, it was like being under an intense sun lamp wherever you were sat in a sort of thousand-seater auditorium. I mean, it was... It was a very visceral show to be a part of. So if you think about any more on stage, you'd kind of be, oh, you know, be <laughs> kind of freaking out by the interval and not coming back. It was quite an all-out assault. Um, you know, Danny knows how to put on a show, and 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 a very committed cast and crew threw it at the audience every night. So it was it was it was an amazing experience. Painful. Was there any very painful? Was but. there any part where in the middle you're like, oh fuck, that's your line? Like, did you? Did you more me than Johnny. Johnny Johnny <laughs> suffered my you know my ridiculous brain farts a lot more than I ever had to have his. I mean he's 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 such an extraordinary uh, performer. He's so acute in detail and stamina and just he's brilliant and a great great sparring partner and somebody who's so supportive all the way through it. Um, and I don't think many actors would have a put up with me doing that, but you know b 
been able to do that shifting. Um, and he's, he was, he was wonderful. We became very, very good friends because of it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely fucked up more than he did. Oops. You can say whatever you want. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Um, so I just <laughs> tried out. That's going to be everyone's yeah. ringtone. That's going to be... Fuck, 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 fuck. Put that out. Put that in the M4. Or M4 I'd say, cause whilst we're swearing, the, my fa- I think my favourite swear of recent years is Kenneth Branagh playing Olivier in uh, My Week with Marilyn when he's just being really nice with her, but his patience is worn out. She's late again. And he goes, Marilyn, darling, sweet, you're wonderful. You're beautiful. You're heaven sent. You're talented. It's gorgeous. But for the love of fuck, will you turn up on time? <laughs> That's so good. For the love of fuck. Uh, makes me laugh every time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had a great, 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 great experience doing that. It was, yeah, there were moments, definitely, I think earlier on where there was a, a, a head bleed, a couple of <laughs> really scary moments in previews where I just went, oh no, that's what I say when I'm you. <laughs> you know? And Johnny sort of widened his eyes. I was like, okay, <laughs> awkward. And your nose starts it. bleeding. <laughs> well, it wasn't that bad, but yeah, it's in my brain. Oh God. Oh. Fuck, yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. When, when you're the, the creature, when in doubt, just go into convulsions. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, physically, you know, I hurt myself. I hurt Johnny as well. There was a, there was a, I mean, he really did put up a lot with a lot with me. He really was very patient. Um, there was a, there's this moment where uh, I spin this, the disc around to discover the, uh, the female Frankenstein, the bride of Frankenstein that he's creating, um, that he's going to give to the creature and then gets terrified of the idea of them spawning this whole sort mm-hmm. of species of how he sees them as now being monsters. Um, and, uh, it was early doors. I was, I was, teching the creature for the first time so we did it that way around and then johnny then teched his creature but it was one of the first moments on stage is frankenstein for him the doctor and i span the thing around and he hadn't cleared it at the back and i just had this oh, like that <laughs> oh, and he carried on the scene it's like blood pouring from his face and there's a new bit of footage that they wanted me to um they wanted me to uh okay just to release because i think it's coming out quite often now and on halloween and stuff here and, and around the world which is very cool but um I looked at the interview. I, we look wrecked. We look so <laughs> tired. I mean, he doesn't. He looks pretty coherent. And also, he had a young, he has a young child, but he had a you know, Buster was very young then. Um, pretty superhuman marathon man he is. But anyway, you know. So he, but but the thing he was wearing on, the, on his head, I was like, what's that little scratch? On and I went, oh no, oh no. For all time, that will be now there. <laughs> and then he he does this scratch, and then points yeah. at his dick. No, then, he didn't do that. <laughs> there's no there's no junk sure? indication. Okay. No, no, we, no. Do you realize we, 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 we don't have time? We don't have time to muck around by pointing at our dicks. <laughs> but I feel like we, we had to. Also, we we had, our dicks were out. There was no need to. Oh, point. okay, yeah, yeah. They, they were there. You, well, probably there was. It was cold. Yeah. Air, con- air conditioning and a thousand and one hundred and one. 1,100 people can, can can make you more of a you know a, yeah. a, a grower not a shower let's yes, say yes um, yes 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 so like a, like like a turtle receding into its shell yes yeah, exactly. I understand exactly by the way I feel like, like a sea anemone caught on a, a sunny day on the edge of a rock <laughs> vanishing to like an, it like never an knew it came blending with its surroundings <laughs> like as a, it pulls yes. back into itself like a, oh god how yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> like a tiny bird in an eggshell but uh, uh, I like feel time like that's photography of <laughs> the Eiffel Tower being built <laughs> in reverse, yes, shrinking to the being ground, of, like the Statue of Liberty, returning the to the smelting foundry from whence from the France. steel came, yeah. <laughs> like the planets, the swirling eddies. This of the could universe. run and run. And run. Uh, well, listen, a dick, I could tell a dick joke for a day and a half, uh, but I feel like this is something that accomplished actors like yourself need to start inserting and just... What, just dick to, jokes? No, no, this. <laughs> yeah. Insert more dick jokes. Just, that can be just, taken just, over. The, just, just the, the indication. Just in the background the somewhere. Just ba- in the yeah. background somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That would okay. be legendary. All right, all right, all right. We're Noted. not sure if Imitation Game was the Noted. appropriate film for that, but you do other stuff that you could... You Hamlet could, next June Hamlet, on the stage. You do it on Hamlet? Barbican. Yeah, that's coming up. I mean, Sherlock's, you're shooting more of those. You could throw one. He's got a long coat. Yeah, he's got a long coat. No problem. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If the internet had its way, I'd probably do it to to Dr. (laughs) Watts. And so the Sasha fiction was born. That's where the Sasha fiction... Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, guys, you wanted this. Well, I mean, talking about breaking the Mm. internet, watching you imitate Tom Hiddleston... 
I think Tumblr <laughs> got pregnant. Like it, the only thing that could have made that, if mm. you had done it on a hoverboard with kittens, on yeah. it, then I think <laughs> yeah. the internet would have just folded in on itself, and I know, I Kim know. Kardashian would have been like, "Why didn't I think of that?" But the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you would have done, Chris. Yeah, why I should have thought of that? I, I uh, no comment. I I would love. Yeah, I, I I only saw it yesterday. So I again another sort of discombobulating thing to happen to you on a red carpet when it's you know three in the morning where you come from is to everyone say how does it feel to break the internet again and i went um a bit embarrassing what have i done now you know <laughs> i had no idea i had no idea what it was it was oh my god and your your impersonations and i was I, I did i genuinely didn't know what they were talking about and they went oh yeah there was that mtv interview i did where he played on the idea of the imitation game and made it into a game for how many anyway i hadn't seen it and i watched it last night i was like all I could think of was like, oh, fuck, man, Christopher Walken, where was that? Just, <laughs> that? That came out disgracefully wrong. I don't know why. <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah. That'd be Walken. No, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of those things it's, where... I, it, was, it was bizarre. It was, but I did, and I did, honestly, genuinely, half the ones he was asking me, I was thinking, uh, I mean, I've done him before, the poor man. Um, I've even stolen apart from him in The Simpsons, poor man. But um, I haven't... Uh, yeah, I, I, there were a lot of them that were. I was clueless to know whether they would come out right. They all came out great, and I think it was. I think it was one of those things where because I was going, wait, did they seed this guy with these images? But you, he just threw them at you on the spot. Oh yeah, no, no, there's no preparation. No, he just went for it. Yeah, and I dived in. Have you willingly? Now you're gonna. Now you have to host SNL. <laughs> I, it's been talked of uh, a while ago actually and I, I'd love to do that absolutely love to do that that would be um, amazing it is a thing of scheduling though which is it's it's just a bit bonkers for me at the moment so but yeah I mean uh, you know fans keep on saying romantic comedy with the emphasis on romantic and comedy you know right. they want to see me being sort of normal attractive in a normal way and, <laughs> uh, and also uh, being funny I, I, and so it's sort of a shock that I have any kind of sense of humour I think because I sort of played quite intense sort of difficult but unique characters and at the same time yeah I, I, I absolutely love my comedy and I think what they do on SNL is is fly by the pants seat of your pants terrifying but brilliant brilliant work and you know some of my greatest comedians have come out of there of recent times do you think all it, times. I mean do you think comedy do you in America you might not be able to answer this go on. but uh, if you could do comedy you can do anything Okay, so, do you think, so comedy harder than, than drama? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so, well, definitely. I, I mean, I grew up easily. watching a mother doing farce and, and dad as well. Um, he was in a Michael Frame play called Noises Off, which is this brilliant oh, yeah, version yeah, of the it. farce. It's a, it's a farce mm-hmm. about a farce. Mm-hmm. A farcical farce. And uh, as with all Michael Frame's work, it's extraordinary. No, if it were um, in Farsi. It wasn't Farsi. Yeah, Farsi. <laughs> ah. uh, Nicole Farsi? No, that doesn't work. Um uh, my, and also mum being in lots of Ray Cooney uh, farces um, in the uh, in the sort of late 90s, early 90s, late 90s. So, I, I yeah, I kind of grew up watching. And also with Michael Williams, uh, Judy Dench's mm-hmm. um, uh, sadly deceased husband, and um, Michael um, uh, Donald Sindon, you know, two great classical actors, classical theatre actors, just busting guts doing this extraordinary work. It's the same with Mark Rylance and what he does. You know, he's, he's I mean, he's such a, um, a kind of comedian and an alchemist in, in every every guise he ever uh, dons. But he's a, a remarkable comedian as well as a, being a, a great tragedian. A trage, trage, tragedian? Is that a word? It is we'll it. call it a word. Tragedian. Oh, Might God, be a British it's another, word. It's a Penguins moment. Prefer- <laughs> uh, by definition, if it's a British word, it's a word. It's a word. <laughs> I just mean... I mean, we're all speaking English. Uh, no, I understand. Invented the dictionary. Hello. <laughs> to um, be fair, but, we borrowed a little from the Dutch, too. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, so did we, I think. And the Germans. Uh, anyway, let's not get into that. But the point is... No, but guys, <laughs> is it a Germanic is, language? What uh, is it? <laughs> uh, guys, and now Germanic for language. grammar lessons. No, I, I, I think it is, it is the, it's one of the hardest, if not the hardest form. I do think that. Um, and that, I cannot wait to see Steve Carell's turn in, in Foxcatcher for that very reason. I think it's always... Um, you know, people are sort of surprised in, in a way. I, I'm, I know I'm not going to be. I know I'm just going to sit there going, yep, I knew that was in it. Because, you know, if you can do the other stuff, it's... And, it, and, and the same goes with sometimes with theatre as well. If you do theatre, it's easier, I think, to do film and television. It doesn't necessarily translate. But, um, yeah, I think comedy is a very interesting discussion to have. Though I think if you can really crack that, you can do the serious stuff as well. Uh, is there a, Do you have any plans to do anything? Comedic? Anything comedic? Yeah. <laughs> 
Sherlock. Uh, so I'm just laughing because <laughs> I've, I've, you know, Hamlet, uh, Lost City of Z. <laughs> Not a lot of laughs in either of those. Uh, no, there are actually the best Hamlets I've seen have been very funny. Uh, you should, re- you know, part of his charm is how 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 fast and witty he is. You mm-hmm. know. Um, it's not just about sort of soul bearing and oversharing. It's it's and and that intimacy that 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 part that particular part really in, in, engenders in an audience and what makes going on a journey with him overnight really, really unique and special. But it's it's the humour and I think um, oh, Sherlock. We there's a lot of funnies in Sherlock. There's Sherlock's yes. it is funny it absolutely. Is funny. Um, and I think the Christmas special wish he is, but actually he reigns it in. You know, he's a lot funnier than you know he allowed. He, he's true to his character. You know, I mean, he's brilliantly funny in it, but there's a whole lot more funny. Um, and I think he's very keen to play John as John Watson, not as Martin Freeman being funny, which right. we all know he can do effortlessly. Um, also, he makes it appear, um, and that's what makes him a great actor. Again, another person who earned his comedy chops, but also his comedy chops. He, you know, he he. As far as coming to the public for I me, mean, I remember seeing. Well, I don't remember seeing him, but he was in stage productions that I went to see at the National. He was in Mother Courage and Volponi, in in that in that um, ensemble of actors. And uh, you know, the break I remember, like I think a lot of people, is The Office. But there's the the amount of truth in that. I mean, that's what I mean by breaking in comedy. If you can bring truth to something and make it painfully funny because it's real. Um, then you can go far with that talent, and Martin Martin's proved that time after time. But um, yeah, me, I don't know. I'd love to do. I would. Yeah, there've been talks of things, but nothing I can share on a podcast. Okay, sure. Like yeah, that. no worries. But no it worries. is it's scheduling, and it I, it was sort of it, it it keeps me awake or wakes me up in the morning. Sometimes I go, mm, I love where my career is going, but at the same time, I kind of do want to do a, another guy next door and and someone like Patrick Watts or someone like. Um, you know, little Charles in Augusta Sage County. Patrick Watts is a character I played in a film called uh, Start of a Ten, a British comedy, um, with James McAvoy, Rebecca Hall, James Corden. I mean, an amazing cast. James Corden. Yeah, you know, he funny. to the States. Um, and uh, yeah, he is, isn't he? He's yeah, he's taking sh- over a Craig Ferguson show. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's going to do a talk show. Wow. Am I going to do a talk show? No. He's he is. Oh, right. Yes. Sorry. He's hosting he... a talk show. Do no, you I knew that. I knew that. No, no, no. I don't. I thought he said, yeah. Oh, I'll just guys, give you one. I just give it one. Yeah. This is great. This is amazing news. This is amazing news. This is amazing news. This is amazing news. for five minutes chat. I'll just impersonate all my guests and end the show. Done. It's just very People would watch the shit out of that. What are you talking about? It's like when they used to have twins show up on old sitcoms where it was just a clear line down the middle of the screen. Yeah, it's in their mirror. If I, if, if I explored the form of, of talk shows, it would have to be between the Ferns style. It would between Ferns, yes, yeah, think, yes. You know, that's uh, Zach was he was he was sort of sitting in the hotel lobby as I left this morning. I just did a show with him last night. Uh, uh, did you at Largo? Yeah, that's we why he was looking like wrecked behind a pair. Yes, of sunglasses. that's what it was. Um, he's he's extraordinary, and he's so so good in Birdman. I didn't recognize him. I just yeah, looks amazing. a bit amazing. Like Zach Galifianakis. It looks yeah. a bit like him. Yeah. I'll have a That fucking is. That's Zach. Zach. It was, yeah. it was, Birdman wasn't. You, you like Birdman? I loved it. So good. I loved it. I mean, just, you know, on a sort of, uh, a sort of, I don't know, Hall of Mirrors kind of industry and joke level. What a brilliant examination mm-hmm. of all sort of highs and lows, the ego, the id, the all the kind of battles of integrity versus career versus love versus all the kind of venal short, term as versus long-term appetites that we all suffer from and i i just it was brilliant so richly enjoyable on that form and then wow can he make a film i mean just the, what the camera does and those performances which are just like you're just finding people with that camera just finding these the entire extraordinary movie. situations i mean hats off and i just think you know and michael is extraordinary and he, he deservedly getting a lot of heat for it but i mean ed norton yeah fucking hell I mean, that was such a confident performance. So easy. And to, to veer from this super cool guy, you think this literally there's nothing that can go wrong to be the guy <laughs> drinking, drinking on stage and smashing the glass, berating the audience for being involved with their cell phones. And, uh, you know, I, I, I yeah, I, I just, uh, the whole thing, I lapped it up. But everyone, the girls were so incredible and it's so incredible. Emma Stone just being extraordinary again Andrea Riseborough never fails to amaze me and Naomi Watts I mean it's just inc- incredible in it it was a fun movie it's a great film I cannot wait to see it again you know I was I moderated the panel for it at New York Comic Con and but I think because I think everyone thought 
Oh yeah, I, I kept saying to people like, it "Okay, is it's not, not a superhero geez, movie." But they did a Comic Con thing. They did a Comic Con. That was thing. daring. That's weird. That's but kind of I daring. But, that. but you, cool. but you have a Hulk and you have a Batman yep. on stage. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, 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 it's 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 within the sphere of interest. Like, and so they showed a couple of scenes, like the one scene where you know Birdman is like saves the city. But yeah, that's yeah, the, really yeah. the only. That's any. That's yeah, any literally only kind of fantasy. And afterwards, like, okay, well, there's all the well, there's all no, there's all the telekinesis, isn't there? There's all the telekinesis. But not like you don't really. But Birdman's not like the character of Birdman isn't. It's only present in his head yeah. for almost the entire yeah, movie. Yeah. So, but then I don't know. I think even you know superhero films these days are getting very smart at inverting the stereotype and and, yeah. and surprising their audience. Hopefully, and and trying to battle against what is expected. So to have a film that's actually about a, a man struggling on a schizophrenic level with his alter ego. Is I, I think it, I think it would appeal to the smarts of a of a comic. It would as actually. long as they know. I just think sometimes with as long as it's not a false sell. Right. Pitch, so, sometimes agree, it, yeah. like I think an audience. You, I think you can lead an audience anywhere, but they just need to know. They just need a little bit of a, yeah. crumb, a breadcrumb trail so that they don't go in. Yeah. Sort yeah. of like if you uh, if you if you think you're about to take a sip of a coke and it's water and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? It you know, it's like because your brain has set up this expectation. Yeah. So I think as long as people understand that, then yeah. they'll be totally open. They, to, they how, right. to how great it was. You're right. But I mean, just on every level, an incredible achievement. I think a really special film. It's another kind of game changer. I think this year, I really do. So just to jump back, just yeah. to jump around a little bit. Yeah. I uh, a few years ago, I, I uh, the first time I met Stephen Moffat, I had already seen. I I was already way, way, way on in the Sherlock camp. Oh, thank and uh, thank you. And thank and you. and so I made this. Uh, I made this comment, which I thought was really brilliant. Where I was like, well. I mean, the doctor is really just space Sherlock, isn't he? And he was like, that's absolutely not true. <laughs> the well, doctor yeah. cares for everyone. Sherlock's a sociopath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 kind, of, that's kind of true. Uh, and one uses a sonic screwdriver and time travel, and the other uses his brain. Man. And is it 900 I mean, years old? Is, 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 it, re- is it reincarnated? Isn't, uh, you is know... Reincarnated in fairness, Chris meant Doctor House MD. crimes quite as no, much. but it's, uh, he does solve universal crimes. He talks fast and is clever. That's literally the only bracket they share. <laughs> you know, they've got okay. different dress senses, yes, uh, different I mean, tastes in the sex of their partners. It's true. Different, you know, I, it, it's, you could not... Yeah, it's it's it, apart from and also Stephen writes both of them. That's <laughs> kind of the only other thing that should ever you know be in that little crossover yeah. of the Venn diagram of of Who and Sherlock. Also, you know, I mean, I I get it all that. Hey man, love you as Doctor Who, and I'm like, good, great, that's fantastic. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you do because uh, I too enjoy myself as Doctor Who, but um, I thought I was the only one. Um, I'm, so glad I'm usually I'm now, usually in the bath when I'm Doctor exactly. Who. I'm so glad the things I haven't done are being <laughs> finally recognized uh, by the public. It's Exactly. Get it to the TARDIS. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it's a, it's, it's a different, it's a different game. It's a very different game. And I think what's happening now with him, the human drama of it is very different. Um, he's, uh, he's on the side of the angels. He may not be one, as he says. But I think you know Watson's influence on him has helped to bring him to a point of humanizing him. He is still a sociopath. You can't. Uh, do what I did at the end of the last series. Spoiler alert! I'm not going to say in case somebody out there hasn't who's listening to this hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> you get into the TARDIS, and then you and the yeah, Doctor go around. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I blew it. We, we adopt a dog called Canine, and it's all <laughs> happy days in Baker Where Street. Where are we going, Sherlock? Uh, <laughs> for another walk in Regent's Park. Come on, <laughs> Spotty. Um, um, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, different worlds, different, different worlds. Yeah. Also, we do three every two years, and they do something like you know a gazillion every week. Oh, it's, they're basically just they, they just, they're just that. in Cardiff. They are for the year. They kind of are, and that's that's pretty much it. It sounds like. I'm sure it's really a, an honor to be like, oh, I'm the doctor now. But then I think when they're in it, it's like, what's happening? Like, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I know all three of the the recent ones. I know Chris even a little bit, but um, David is a friend, and uh, and Matt as well, a very good friend, and uh, and Peter. I mean, I I worked with Peter even before the thick of it kind of blew him up again. I mean, he's just always been an extraordinary actor, and. I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for him because he's such a fan of it as well. You mm-hmm. can see that in his relish of playing him. And um, I, I watched a little clip of some footage of him entering the weird sphere of uh, fandom for the first time, just and kind of being treated like a god. Literally, people going, Doctor Who! Doctor Who! 
like this kind of Nazi rally, you know, it was kind of <laughs> terrifying. Um, but he was just taking it all in his stride, you know, like very, you know, he's very calm about the whole thing, you know. I was like, well, good. He's got his, he's got his, he's got his thing. He's got his, uh, his rhythm there. Um, he's, yeah. But so, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of it, but knew they had different shows. Now, yes, clear, very different shows. And when I first saw Sherlock, someone had basically slid me the DVDs because we hadn't, got, it had aired in the, in England, but we hadn't gotten it just right. yet. Right. And uh, just doing that so I don't waffle on. I'm just, sorry, that was so rude of me. I wasn't doing this kind of, Yeah, no. right, you carry on. Oh, uh, um, no, 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 no. I just, I was making sure that we had, we oh, had we had time, time left, so I don't um, waffle. No, of course, don't worry. Uh, but uh, so the, essentially that show, at least here, I don't know what it was like. Uh, would that be funny if you just walked out? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like they had a bird man. Oh, spoiler. Um, but. Uh, it, are you, yeah. Can you be emotionally prepared for what happens when all of a sudden you essentially become a household name and everyone is clamoring? Does, 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 does emotionally that, prepared. Does that fame good part question. get in the way of you know just you as a performer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it does. It does. Um, but you you know you can't complain about it. It's it's a product of your work being good. Um, so that's the kind of weird irony of it you you know the and the more good work you do the more you have to do the fame game whether it's promoting that work or whether it's um dealing with having a profile that's just sort of exponentially getting more public and and there there are things you have to negotiate with that i i've been i've been kind of lucky though i really have um i've got a very excitable but very intelligent and uh self-regulating fan base um I've got um, very sane people who've known me since year dot, let alone later in life, but well before uh, things blew up for me that can kind of keep me grounded. Um, and I, you know, I try as hard as I can to surround myself with them rather than the yes men. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and beyond that, um, yeah, you know, I, I still find space and time to do things that mattered to me before all of this occurred. So by and large, I'm not building walls higher or, you know, um, flying in private jets to islands, I'm kind of keeping it reasonably real as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you know, God, I, I live a very heightened existence now and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, it's, it's not a reality that a lot of people share. I, I know how rarefied the air is, but at the same time, I try to make sure that I do things that I did do before. Um, I do go on the tube still. I used to use public transport in, in England. Uh, never the bus, though. I, I hate it. Being famous is a great excuse never to get on a bus again. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like in England... Why be trapped in a car with one person and your own radio station? Well, you could be trapped with 50. Um, uh, it's it's never been a favourite mode of transport. The underground is fantastic. Uh, I don't get claustrophobic in that sense, and it's quick. It's so quick. It's the quickest way of getting around any city, I think. Um, I love my motorbike. I love riding around on that with a big old helmet of anonymity <laughs> surrounding my nougat. Um, but yeah, I, I, what else? Emotionally though, emotionally, that, that was your question, which is really good. Um, because I have no fucking idea. I mean, I, d- I don't, I mean, I probably should lie down on it. Actually, no, I did. I did. I did at the beginning of this year or the end of last year. I lay down on a couch and went, so. Have a look inside me, see what you see, and tell me what I need to watch out for. And he, I got a clean bill of mental health, which is great. I think it's important to do that as an actor anyway. I think it's very important to do that um, if you have the ability to do that and the, the means to do that, to, to stay sane and check in with yourself, you know. Oh, yeah, um, because if you're popping around a bunch of different, I mean... Well, yeah, that thing of transforming You're different poking characters. different emotional centers in But also brain. this, I mean, you know, the variations of yourself all the time. It's like, well, where, where's your center in all of this, you know? Um, I mean, I'm not saying this is acted, you know, I'm relaxed, I'm, we're chatting, I'm swearing, you know, things, <laughs> things are pretty normal. This is, you know, Kaza Cumberbatch style, but, you know, it's kind of, it's still, it's, we're in a hotel room in LA and it's, it's yeah. ages past my you know, bedtime, tea time. Yeah. Bedtime, Jesus, that makes it's really, time to go to bed. really sound like an infant. The sun's up, get into bed. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's not, it's not naturally how I would be having this conversation if right. it wasn't for promoting film. So. Yeah, you know, you have to. Uh, there are just things you have to watch out for, I guess. But you know, not um, everyone's comfortable just sitting and. I mean, like, I think a lot of performers mm. probably gravitate toward bypass the glass. <laughs> yeah, right for the bottle. Do you want? Do you want some before? Oh, maybe I'll have a little bit. Yeah, Thank you very much. Infected. That's right. <laughs> Don't bring those British germs over here, son. God damn it! Keep them. On All the right. Plane. Thank you very much. Anybody else? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. 
But some people aren't. aren't. <laughs> <laughs> right for the bottle people. Uh, Cumberbatch it's, is in a robe. What makes it the least rock and roll is that it's flat. I know, it's no, not, no. There's, there's not even any fizz in it. Not even no sparkles. <laughs> Tequila is flat, my friend. That's his vodka. Do you think some some performers though are not comfortable? If you try to talk to them as themselves, they don't really even know who that is, and they 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 need to be portraying other other entities yeah and i kind of admire that because there's a sort of integrity to that which you know it keeps your energy close to your work and that's the biggest fear i have you know um as well as my own sanity is just what it will do to corrupt stuff that i had as part of my you know my arsenal um to perform with second biggest fear spiders yeah so biggest fear is definitely (laughs) no it's not what it uh, i don't have any phobias I don't, Me, well, being foot. late, being late, which I often am, it just ties myself in knots. Time keeping. I hate being late. I hate what it does to myself. Out of the way, Bigfoot, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I just He's afraid my, of Bigfoot. You're, right. you're not afraid of anything. <laughs> well, I'm very tired. These goddamn yeah. spiders, I'm late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These spiders are making me late again. I can't <laughs> ah, I hate spiders no, as much Bigfoot as they just make run me past late. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot's going to be on time, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm afraid that the spiders are going to make me late. That's what I'm afraid of spiders. Yeah, that's the biggest fear I have. No, but one of you know, it's it's a genuine concern rather than fear. I think is a better way of putting it. Uh, dehydrated um, is that you know it, it it can detract from the thing at hand. You know, I'm 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 very I was very conscious when I went back to England to just sort of take my kind of acting temperature, as it were, and see where the fuck I was with playing. You know, one of the most iconic parts in the canon, and and my one chance to play that on film, I imagine, and. It's hugely important to me this work and it's about making Shakespeare accessible to people through their televisions as well as making it the best form of accessible Shakespeare and you know all the challenges of that role so you know I'm in the middle of a major major job and I'm getting on a plane to come and gas and have fun and not gas sorry you know not fart <laughs> God knows that might be involved at some point, but um, with Ben Stiller. But um, uh, well, not Ben Stiller. No, who did you say? I said Adam Sandler. You said Adam Sandler. Sorry, no, no, ben, they're not interchangeable. They're very no, different. They're very That's different. An error on my not part. Above a fart joke. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm no comment. I mean, I don't know where they both stand on the <laughs> tasteometer of fart jokes, but um, I, you know, I, 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 that is a real concern. That is a real concern. Not just energy and focus, but also. Uh, Part of it, part of the difficulty, I guess, of fame is to not become too self-conscious of it. It's hard to do if you walk into a room and people sort of turn their heads and they they know you and you don't know them. It's hard to do when you arrive somewhere to thousands of people screaming. It's hard to do when you're talking nonstop about a performance or a moment in your career or your private life or trying not to talk about your private life. Um, it's hard to do to not be self-conscious of all of that because you're constantly in a kind of loop or bubble of it. Sure. Um, but yeah, there are just there are methods and means to kind of um, extricate yourself from that headset and try and get back to focusing on work. And thank God I went to drama school for some of those. Thank God I've worked with people who have inspired me, who I can always go, mm, "What would they do now?" Or, and just uh, my own resources that I have from I don't know the journey I've been on in life, really. So yeah. But did I read that you also um, that there that there's meditation, like you meditate and there's mindfulness All to. Uh, infrequently but yeah that's a very very helpful thing to bring you back to some kind of understanding of where you're at you just you hear the traffic in your head you you, you don't hold on to it you don't try and control it as anyone who's ever practiced mindfulness knows you just it you let it go you just let it pass through and it's amazing quite how much stuff you carry around with you when you're doing things like this you don't realize that you have to shed to get deeper but i mean you know i've got a lot further to go on that journey i really do and i want to i want to you know it's 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 that's a part of my life that literally getting on and off planes kind of kills a little bit so um it's important it's really important to carve that time out and for music and other hobbies you know painting and um the hobby of life of being with friends and family (laughs) that is a whole separate skill set sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i talk about it well i mean you know it is it it, to to people sort of look at me go how the fuck do you do it and sometimes i don't think i do i look at my work and i go well that could have been better if i hadn't been doing everything else that i was doing um I I also, you know, I think I could be a better person sometimes because of being as busy as I am. It, it's it's a struggle. And, God, it's a confessional corner suddenly. It's taken, yeah. It's yes. no wonder I'm not doing any comedies. I'm just kind yeah. of spilling my soul to you guys. But basically what I'm trying to say is um, it's, 
me. Love you to meet you. Thanks. Goodbye. No. Wait, do you know the, res- <laughs> the responsibility <laughs> of, like that we would have if you just impression. jumped out the window? Um, <laughs> it's not going to happen here, uh, thanks. Don't worry. So, Do you, uh, I guess. You got some dead air. I mean, oh, not dead no, air. Uh, um, no, uh, 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 really falling. No, it's, uh, it's the gravity. Uh, 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 gravity film the imitation master, game uh, uh, comes out in theaters <laughs> November 20. Uh, oh, well, it might be postponed a bit. Ah, cumbersplat. No, fuck. Oh, God damn it. Cumbersplat. Oh, man, that's a goodie. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. Throw listeners throw throw all thoughts of me being suicidal. <laughs> no, it's not happening. But you do image. skydive, right? But I do skydive. I do like throwing myself out. So of there's a little like, bit of you that's suicidal. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think this is the end. I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> Try to move. I be think fair before hopefully the... I'm going to be landing with a parachute, and you know it's all going to be nice. <laughs> His last words were, "Fuck, where's my parachute?" <laughs> uh, but okay. that the, the the skydiving thing is something that I've always. That that does make you very present. My goodness, you would have to be because you want to make you have you need to for to, to live. I've, only done, I've done about uh, maybe I've done three, I think now, and one static line jump, which is even scarier. Because oh you, shit! You, yeah. yeah, you jump out. You you you're drilled what to do, how to cut away, how to open your own chute, but you jump out and the line opens it as you come out. So rather like the instructor, but not just the control chute, the whole thing. So you clear the plane and then poof, you're already floating. But you have 30 seconds or something like that if that fails or if your lines are tangled, which you have to check incredibly quickly because if you can't steer the thing, you're in trouble. Um, you have to learn how to cut away and open your reserve. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> wow. Yeah. In a moment where you're experiencing something that human it's beings would not necessarily evolve to experience, which is uh, terminal velocity. Terminal velocity, yeah. 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 Um, and and the, the, video, the, the footage of the... The the guys that basically just balloon up to the outer to the edge of the atmosphere and then just leap is uh, well that one guy I mean yeah. he yeah and what a phenomenal achievement that was I mean you know he nearly blacked out he went into a spin and managed to 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 recover as I mean as did the pilot of the recent Virgin Atlantic tragedy uh, Virgin Galactic Galactic uh, tragedy um, you know I was reading about it the other day and he you know he he passed out and then came to in time to get out of his seatbelt and um, get out of his seat and, and open his chute. Um, uh, yeah, an extraordinary, an extraordinary time we're living in. Extraordinary time. But it makes in. you feel, does it make you feel alive? Well, when you're doing that, yeah, under sort of more controlled conditions, uh, you know, proper sky jump. Yeah, it, it does. It does. It really does. And I think it came at a time when I'd, I'd experienced someone sort of forcibly holding a gun to my head and uh, and I was kind of angry at not having the control of that and became a bit of adrenaline junkie, I think, just to look over the edge under my own steam. Uh, this is when I was, I was carjacked in South Africa, um, which was quite an ordeal that went on for two and a bit hours and two other actors with me. And, you know, we were treated... We were very lucky. There was I read about that. It was 2005, but, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um and I think because of that, because of that, I, you know, there's two ways you can go. You go insular, protective, and neurotic about the threat or the fear of what might be the threat outside, or you go, come on then, and just walk straight back into the flame. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I've got to do that. I've got to do that because uh, it's one of the reasons I want to do this job as well. You know, and I was still, we, we had a lot more to shoot, a third of the the, the series still to shoot, um, <clears throat> and that fed in massively to both the performance but but also really just my life afterwards and i stayed behind in south africa on my own and went traveling on my own went to namibia and, and did crazy things out of airplanes <laughs> great fun <laughs> but walking fun. back into the flame is a good is a good uh that's a good analogy for that and also sort of seeking safety in the heart of danger and not, yeah. not you know because it, it, it's, it's like well i can either live and be the miserable and afraid of everything or just let it go sort of embrace your fears just 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 embrace it all i mean i think to be honest that's what i guess that's what i've been doing with with work with 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 everything really it's just trying to you know accept challenges when they're offered me um and maybe now the challenge is to know when to say no to challenges that are offered <laughs> me that's another challenge that'll be the one that you never that when you first start out yeah you're never you're never really we're prepared programmed to be i mean you know you work as a waiter as a you know i worked in kitchens i worked as a waiter i worked in shops i did you know did all the sort of jobs just just to pay the rent and tide you over and try and pay back the debt to your parents in my case who afforded me my ridiculously expensive education and it's just like you 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 were living really living hand to mouth you get a job you, first of all you cannot believe you're being paid to act that's that and that still thrills me i feel now more it's about being paid to do the stuff around the acting to be honest but because i still get such a kick out of my work i really do i really really do and um 
but in the in the beginning, you you, you yeah you you were trained to accept everything with ultimate gratitude because <laughs> you might never work again. And then slowly you start to think, oh okay, well no, this I've got a little bit of you know long longevity. Hopefully, it's not flashing the pan stuff. So um, I could sort of take the foot off the accelerator and have a look at life. But it's part of the strategy that, you know, like in the beginning, it's just like survive, survive, survive strategy. Yeah. Be smart about it. Which is great. It's a great game. I still have the first $20 I was handed for doing comedy. Did you keep it? Yeah. That's so cool. What is it? What was it for? It was for, uh, it was, uh, you were paid in cash. I was paid in ice cream. I didn't get to keep the ice cream. No, (laughs) no, no, I was paid in cash. I saved, I framed this ice cream. (laughs) But you literally got like $20. It was a cut. It was a cut from uh, a door of a, of a, of a club. Jimmy Dore show. Oh, buddy. Oh, it's adorable. So cool. Look at that. I kept it. And it's in my... It's in my humidor with some Cuban cigars. <laughs> with the Cristal Champagne. And the, uh, <laughs> the other trophies of my success. I was paid um, in diamonds. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was just, so as, we, as we're yeah. sort of like ramping down, I, we saw that we saw him taking it in the night and it's fucking fantastic. And, 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 it all, and as I'm watching, I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering... How much more pressure is it? Because obviously, Turing's story is mm. first of all, it's tr- it's tragic and brilliant and and and, and funny. It's and funny and 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 wonderful. And uh, you know, there's this sort of parallel between him and this machine that's out of place and sort of yeah. he's almost an anachronism. He's an anachronism. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. And so. Uh, and, and this story wasn't really public for a long time. Mm. And so there's a it feels like. Tremendous amount of responsibility when you because you know yeah, obviously yeah. you know Sherlock's a guy but he's not a real guy and you know it's like, well yeah he comes with a pretty I mean, he comes with a whole separate of the iconic baggage characters like you better get this one right but you, you're but right, Turing's so. story is like he's so because what happened to him is just the worst thing that can happen to yeah, anyone particularly yeah. after they've saved millions well, the very of democracy people. and government that he saved that yes. turned on him and in a time of intolerance. Um, Prosecuted him for being and the father of computation and algorithms, and you know, and he was into morphogenesis and all these other really interesting. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, and so do you feel responsible? Is there more responsibility when you're playing this guy and telling his story? A little, a little, yeah, I, I think so. It's hard to quantify more or less, especially you know, in regards to other characters I played that, that whether where there is a lot of footage or audio recording or you know, evidence of them, or, or they have a public persona already. This man in sort of uh, comparison to his achievements is relatively unknown and that's part of the sort of ironic disgrace of what we what we uh, of how we repaid uh, him and you know um hopefully if this film does anything if it, if it is a hit if people go and see it is it will put him uh, in the public conscience and and uh, the amount of people that have said I can't believe I don't know this story I can't believe I don't know more about this man I knew a little bit about him but some people knowing nothing about him so if this brings him to a wider audience, to a broader audience, and gives him a, a, a larger stage and platform to be recognized on, then I will feel incredibly happy because he is without doubt um, one of the most extraordinary unsung relative to his achievements heroes of all time. I mean, I, to, to, to he took the work that Ada Lovelace and Charles Babbage did very early on in the 1800s with, with the, the idea of a differentiation machine, yes, and, 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 and algorithms, and crystallized that into a mechanical method for performing mathematical functions, which basically was the blueprint and still is now for the universal machine, the Turing machine, what we call the computer. Right. So the premise is that the infrastructure of a computer works the same wherever you are in the world. Now, if that hadn't been put in place, the internet would not work. No. Nothing would work. No coding would work. Nothing to do with the networking that we have. This entire digital village of a world that we have now would work. I mean, the the, the sort of knock-on effects of his brilliance and his achievement and his standing in that field alone is beyond compare, really. And on top of that, he was part of a top code-breaking team of cryptographers at Bletchley Park, a man who used algorithms which by the way, it's still used now in Google search engines. That's a great irony. You look on Google uh, for Alan Turing and it comes up with me, which I had to apologize to his family at the London premiere for because <laughs> it's slightly misleading. You know, this, this brilliant man and now he's just being twinned with an actor who's lucky enough to portray him in a film. But, but, but going back to the, the coding, you know, he, he cracked the, with others with the, an adaptation of the Polish code breaking machine, which has to be stated because the Poles had made a great advance, but it wouldn't have got anywhere with the Enigma machine as it had then been adapted. So Turing's, Turing's work on that was fundamental to breaking the code, 
giving us a completely transparent um, map of everything that the Nazis were trying to hide and all their maneuvers across the world in the Second World War. And thereby, with a very select use of that information, we were able to stop the Second World War, some estimate two years earlier than it could have dragged on for, therefore saving an estimated 14 million lives. He's a war hero. Now that, because of 35 years of the Secrecy Act, you know, is is partly why he's not as famous there. Partly then, I think, because of what happened in the 50s as well, where he was, um, he was after after his house was burgled, police investigation revealed that he'd solicited a man in a pub um, and he was he confessed in uh, um, an interview to being a homosexual man, an active homosexual man in a time of McCarthyist intolerance of what was seen and uh, diagnosed as being morally um, corrupt and uh, degenerate um, behaviour. Words that are strong enough to make you blanch in modern times, but added to which came a prosecution and a public trial and the um, sentence of either two years imprisonment or two years state-sanctioned chemical castration through Mm -hmm. weekly estrogen injections. I mean, it is barbaric. This is less than 100 years ago, and that was the reward, a man who was both a hero of of the computer age, of the the scientific world, and of the Second World War was uh, was the recipient of. And he was given a two-year, he was given a choice. He chose the estrogen injections to carry on work, you know, to carry on being able to to build and and, um, manufacture both programming and the physical entity of computing that he was involved with in Manchester. The ravaging effects of the estrogen didn't just stop after two years. He said uh, early on, he was said to have had early on in in the treatment a a conversation with the doctor who, and this I heard from from someone I spoke to, one of the only about three people I spoke to who'd met him and and could give me some kind of personal insight to the man and how he was and how he behaved and how this appalling incident at the end of his life affected him. And it was a friend of his who was a a lab technician um, that spoke very highly of him, both as a professional and as as a person. And he said that an indication of this extraordinary man's ability was and, and talent and sorry humanity really was that when he was asked he went oh yeah no it's I'm, I'm dealing with it I mean you know I I I had these injections and and the doctor said it was rather embarrassing for both of us isn't it well, why don't I give you this slow release device I'll put it in your hip and it'll release based on your metab- metabolism and and it'll stop dosing you after two years and it's uh, well it's a lot a lot after two years now and uh, it's still dosing me and that's not really cricket is it. And from that sort of humorous dismissal, that sort of stiff upper lip reserve, he then had a dark night of the soul where this Olympian athlete, this this marathon runner of Olympian standards, this active gay man, very much a man who is involved with his body, let's say, not just a scientist in an ivory tower or, you know, a brain in a glass jar. Um, he went into his kitchen, opened a drawer and took out a carving knife and gouged his leg open to try and remove the device. This was the same man who was being ravaged both physically and mentally by this drug that wouldn't stop releasing and who in the end at the age of 41 saw no way out but to take his own life with swallowing cyanide. And he then bit an apple and laid it on the table even as I think without doubt a final act of kindness to his mother so that it looked like an accident. You know, he had cyanide in the house. He was always experimenting with trying to make weed killer mm-hmm. and uh, all sorts of other sort of household um, chemical inventions. And he, uh, I think he staged it for that reason. Um, and as Steve Jobs has said, I wish it was the inspiration for the Apple logo, but it wasn't. You know, the, the man's favorite film was Snow White, Poisonous Apple, the same with the apple of knowledge. But he does say there's a line in the movie where he says, think differently. And I immediately thought it was the old Apple um Oh yeah, no, no. Well, that's I don't think that's intentional. Um, I don't think that's intentional at all. Um, <clears throat> because you know, I, I mean, I've spoken to Stephen Fry and other people who've interviewed Steve, who interviewed Steve Jobs, um, and he 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 categorically denied it, but, but with the greatest of respect for a man that he wished he had to use the logo yeah. um, in 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 deference of, in memory of. So you know. I care about this person. I really, really care about him. I mean, we we shot those scenes very near the end of the schedule of, of, of the filming. So I was incredibly involved to the extent that I couldn't actually stop or control the emotion that was needed for the scene. I just had to remove myself from the room after three early takes of it, um, which is not going, oh, look at me and my acting. I just, I was actually, it was bad acting, if anything. I was I was grieving the, the subject. I was grieving, I was grieving Alan. You know, he, I became really angry and frustrated and uh 
and incredibly, incredibly moved by this this man's plight. So, yeah, it means a great deal to me. Great deal to me. So if we've done him any justice, or if I've done him any justice in my portrayal, then then <clears throat> that's all. That's all I need to know. And and his family believe that we have and that I have. And that's 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 a that's the best and only review. I it's nice to win an award, but that's the best thing. Yeah, it really. That's is. the best thing. It really is. Because really if you're holding the award, and they were like, "Hey, we didn't like what you." Oh no! <laughs> yeah. But I. Yeah, horrible oh. sense of conflicting guilt and joy. <laughs> oh, I yeah, don't. Can I keep the award anyway? This is really good. It's really shiny. It's really yeah. shiny. Do you want a minute? Do you want to have it? Maybe I, could, I could get you a chocolate one. I've got. I'll, make you, I'll get you one made of chocolate. We can eat it. <laughs> should give out chocolate. The Oscars should be made of chocolate. We have the. You. You have to. Wolfgang just, Puck. Makes the Oscars this year. That's, that's what's happened. <laughs> of course, all the edible. menu is Wolfgang Puck. Genius. <laughs> and every gift basket has a That way we can Oscar. all share the goodies. Those are uh, rich people wings. The wings of the Oscar. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, dip the wing sauce. Um, we, I don't want to make you late for your next thing. Thank uh, you. It is, we are, we are almost exactly to Because you know how anxious I am about those damn spiders. I am. There's a, <laughs> there's a million of them <laughs> in the hall. They're, they're going to get in your way. Oh, waiting for me. Bigfoot's already in there doing the interview. <laughs> when I first I worked so with sorry. Benedict, I realized he was a selfish motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Very. His feet aren't that big at all, actually. My feet. Um, he doesn't have as much hair as I do. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> but we, uh, you, uh, were delightful on this podcast, and it was well, really you. lovely to speak to you. Likewise. Now Great we fun. normally we end the podcast by t- saying with, enjoy. A, with a with a with a visual gesture that, a no, visual that someone gesture has to then guess and a, and a short interpretive dance. Fist okay, here's, here's my visual point. gesture. They have to guess what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that's a reference to, but... Uh, Thank you. I don't know. It could be a window into your personal... Your oh, background nice. extra in William H. Macy's The Cooler? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> great very call. Good, very, Matt didn't even good. bug you about Star Trek, which is amazing. Well, listen, I kept it don't. to what we're currently promoting. We gotta, uh, yeah, we gotta exactly. let him go. Quite right, quite right. Uh, would you please tell... We end by saying yeah, enjoy your burrito. Will you please tell people to enjoy their burrito? And then, um, you know, if you wanted to make a fart sound after that, you're more than welcome to. I think it would be a nice way to land. Please enjoy your burrito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or the, uh, I could do a very, should we do a variation? Well, because no, I, I love the atomic fart. Sure, I think it's one sure. of the greatest inventions of the modern age. It's obviously Marlon Turing's work was heading towards. Uh, but one of my favorites is, is the princess, which is just. <laughs> and then there's the open door classic. <laughs> How about the, uh, do you know, are you familiar with the Who Me? And then there's the what just happened. <laughs> uh, and then juice anyone. <laughs> juice anyone. Oh, that's just not right. That's just not right. And then. Spat all <laughs> <the face. laughs> yeah. Just the. Oh my goodness. There we go. Wonderful. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them, In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.